What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Cavalier Central, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. That game, that game definitely wasn't the most fun game to watch of all time. Um, but you got to give the Wizards credit for pulling out a victory. Um, the Wizards just beat the Kings um, 123 to 111. Um, that win pushes the Wizards record to 21 and 33. Um, and it pushes the Kings record down to um, 22 and 33. Um, so coming into this game, um, the Kings, <laughs> not good. Um, I'm just trying to pull up their team stats. Okay, so their point differential was minus 4.6, which ranks 25th in the league. Um, Their offensive rating was 114.2, which is 12th in the league, and their defense rating was by far the worst at 118.9. If that continues anywhere close to that, I think they're going to have the worst defensive rating in the history of the league by a good amount, Um, (laughs) which obviously is not a good thing. Um, So just looking at the overview, four factors type of stuff, um, shockingly, the um, offensive ratings for both teams weren't that high. Um, this is a pretty high possession game at 109 for each team, like averages close to 100. Um, so the Wizards' offensive rating was 109.2. The Kings' offensive rating was 101.8. Um, effective field goal percentage um, for the Wizards was 56.7. Kings was 51.7. The Wizards had a ridiculously high turnover rate at 22.9, which is good for the first percentile. Um, the Kings' turnover rate was 15.6, so not that much better. Um, the Wizards got an insane amount of offensive rebounds. Um, their offensive rebound rate was 38.6. Um, just to look at like who was, so the Wizards in total had 14 offensive rebounds. Um, like Lopez had three. Um, starters had eight. Like Westbrook had two, Biela two. Um, Alex Len had two, and Hachimura had two. Um, so you know, giving yourself a second chance that <laughs> scoring on possessions is always a good thing. Um, and like the Kings offensive rebound was 15.7. Um, free throw rate for both teams is pretty high. Um, so yeah, just going over some of the, um, general top line number type of stuff. Um, 
I'll start with the Wizards. Um, Beal had 31 points. He was actually minus one in 30, um, in terms of plus minus in 35 minutes. Um, he was 10 to 22 from the field, 99 from the line. Um, so those 31 points coming on 26, 27 and a half shooting possessions. No, that's not right. 26 and a half shooting possessions. I was right the first time. Um, this was a pretty good Russell Westbrook game. Um, besides when he was doing stupid stuff <laughs> um, with the ball in his hands and like when he was on the defensive side of the ball at all. Um, you know, pretty usual with him. Um, he was plus nine um, in 35 minutes, which is pretty good. Um, 25 points. Um, those coming on 23 shooting possessions, um, not super, super efficient, um, but he was distributing the ball well, um, pushing him well in transition. Um, that's part of the game, part of his game tonight that I really liked. Um, he had 11 assists, 15 rebounds, um, seven turnovers, which is, <laughs> that's high. Um, that's bad. Um, looking at the other starters, um, Rui and Denny, um, pitched in with 12 and 11 respectively. Um, Breton's coming off the bench was four, seven from three, four, four at the line. Um, <laughs> some of those free throws were, Stupid technical foul free throws. Um, he was plus twenty. Um, he had sixteen points. Um, Garrison Matthews only played seven minutes, but he was plus eleven in those seven minutes. Um, Robin Lopez was plus two in fourteen minutes. You know, Gafford was plus eleven in sixteen minutes. Um, Ish Smith was plus sixteen in twenty-two minutes. Um, you probably see a little bit where I'm going with this. Um, just looking at the Kings, um, guys, Jaron Fox. Um, he's kind of a matchup like nightmare for the Wizards personnel. Um, he had thirty-three points. Um, those did come on 31 shooting possessions, which isn't great. Um, also had six assists, five rebounds, was minus one on the night. Um, Buddy Heald was plus six on the night. Um, he had 19 points, four, nine from three, um, six to 13, um, from the field. Um, Harrison Barnes, um, was fine. Um, <laughs> 18 points, um, six to 12 from the field, four or five from the line. Um, and then Mo Harkless played 20 minutes and it was minus 19, um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> in a game where you, in game where your team loses by twelve to be that have that poor plus minus, that's crazy. Um, but so the next thing I want to talk about is, or the first thing I want to talk about is the Kings bench versus the Wizards bench. Um, the Wizards bench actually isn't bad. Like none of these guys are like really stand out. Like actually, like legitimately, like high level off the bench players besides Dallas Rutans. Um, but like the Wizards have a bunch of solid rotation level bench guys. Like Garrison Matthews is perfectly solid. Um, Robin Lopez, Daniel Gafford, both those are perfectly solid backup centers. Um, Ish Smith, Neto, like, you know, solid backup point guards. Um, and then you look at the Kings guys, you have, well, first of all, the weirdest thing was that, um, Luke Walton, um, in the first quarter when Damian Jones to start the game and then Chemezi Metu, um, was the second center off the bench. Like those two guys, like, I'm like as down on white side as anyone, I guess, besides Luke Walton. But like those two guys are not even close to as good as Luke Walton. Like I think not Luke Walton. Um, I mean, I mean also Luke Walton, but um, Hassan Whiteside. Um, Whiteside, like I, I get all the stuff with him. Like he's not a very high motor guy. Has like no touch around the rim. Um, you know, chases blocks, chases rebounds, all that kind of stuff. Um, but he's still like he has you know meat on his bones. Um, he generally kind of like he can at least kind of play a drop coverage. Um, he, you know, can execute schemes more than Damian Jones or Chemezi Medu at this point in his career, um, despite being like, you know, a low IQ guy. <laughs> I mean, not like low IQ, like guy in real life, but low IQ basketball player. Um, like Damian Jones and Chemezi Medu, they're like, what, their second year? Um, I think Jones, he must be <laughs> further along. Well, he's probably on his like third or fourth year um, from Vanderbilt because he started at Golden State for a couple of years and then he was in Atlanta last year. So I guess this is his fourth year. Um, I think this is Chemezi Metu's second year from USC. Um, 
Yeah, those guys are not are not as solid as Hassan Whiteside. I think Hassan Whiteside is a pretty high level backup at this point in his career. Um, and yeah, he I mean he was pretty solid when he was out there. Um, you know he was you know a presence at the rim. Um, you know he did have his moments where he was out of position. He did have moments um, of just being you know doing stupid stuff on offense, but like clearly better than the other two options. Um, the other guy off the bench for them is Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he played 29 minutes. Um, he's kind of more the like in the six man role um, where he's like you know starts off the bench but kind of closes games and that kind of stuff. Um, I love Halliburton. Um, he has a lot of work though to get to a starter level of player. Um, just like particularly with his ball handling, with his ability to use screens, like I think um, with Tyrese Halliburton, I think he's really, really good um, after he like well, like when he's getting downhill, um, reading the defense, um, you know, making passing reads, finding that weak side corner, um, making that drop down pass, you know, using his eyes, using his handle to manipulate the defense. Like I think he's really good at all that kind of stuff. Um, he needs to get better at like just setting his man up to use a screen. Um, he still needs to tighten up his handle. He needs to add more moves. Um, to his game um and he, he just like he needs to get stronger um clearly he needs to get better at fin- like he has a lot of stuff to do the Wizards also experimented a little bit of going under against him um just needs to clean up his jumper a little bit or I, like at least get a little bit better at shooting when teams go under um i still love him though i think he's pretty clearly the second best rookie in the league right now um like he's still like you know the iq the ball movement um the ability to shoot on the spot up like uh, be a secondary playmaker, um, play, you know, solid enough defense, like all that kind of stuff, I think has translated really well. Um, really good backup point guard to me. Um, not necessarily a starter level guy yet. Um, I think the Kings got, so the Kings defense, like I talked about, is like terrible. I try to, <laughs> I try to figure out like before this game, why their defense is so bad. Um, they're like terrible at protecting the rim, um, which is kind of weird because they're two centers. Like um, Rashawn Holmes didn't play this game. He has like a hamstring injury or something. Um, I don't remember who the other guy is that, didn't play oh Marvin Bagley I think Marvin Bagley not playing actually um probably helps his team out um Marvin Bagley's not good at all um so Rashawn Holmes is a I think he's a solid rim protector he's a really good energy guy um you know he does help them a lot in that pick and roll game with a little floater he has um he does have better screens than Hassan Whiteside um you know that kind of stuff so I think there's a pretty big difference to not have Rashawn Holmes in this game for the Kings um but and so, like, playing, starting Damian Jones is just such a mind-balling decision to me, um, especially when they just signed him, like, a week ago. Um, but I don't remember. Oh, I was talking about, so the Kings defense is terrible. Um, they don't protect the rim. I was trying to figure out what that, why that was. Um, so they allow a ton of shots at the rim, and they don't, like, the shots that other teams get at the rim are normally pretty good shots. Um, so I tried to dive deeper into why this is. Um, I thought that Rashawn Holmes is a good rim protector, and I was um, kind of proven right by the NBA.com tracking stats. Um, teams shoot, I think, 9.9% worse around the rim when Rashawn Holmes is there. Um, insane, like, pretty similar for, I think Hassan Whiteside is about, like, they shoot 7% worse-ish with Hassan Whiteside around the rim. So it's kind of, like, curious to why they're so bad. So then it comes kind of comes to either teams are getting tons of looks in transition, um, which they kind of are. Um, against the Kings, they do, like, teams run out a decent amount in transition, but not, like, an insane amount. Um, or their point of it. Their pick and roll defense sucks. Their point of attack defense sucks, and their hope defense sucks. Um, I think it's more of that. I think that they need to drop more um, with Rashawn Holmes. Um, Rashawn, like they do, do they run a lot of drop coverage. Um, I think that they should do it more, like just because their weak side hope is so bad. Um, like no offense to like, I don't think like I think Harrison Barnes is a really good on ball defender. I don't think he's a great help guy. Um, De'Aaron Fox is not good at all on defense. Buddy Heald's a disaster on defense. Like Tyrese Halliburton is still improving on that end. Like. 
they brought in DeLon Wright and Terrence Davis. Um, they, they were like playing like Kyle Guy and like Daquan Jeffries. Like those guys are not great defenders. Um, I don't think Daquan Jeffries is on their team anymore. Like Justin James, like what are we doing here <laughs> type of guys. Um, yeah, they did bring in DeLon Wright um, in Mo Harkless, which definitely helps them out on that end. Um, but they're still not very good looking. Um, just the rotations are just so off. Um, it's it's kind of hard to watch. Like, in just the point of attack defense sucks. Um, like De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald being your backcourt, like you're not gonna really be able to defend anyone. Like you're gonna have major problems guarding guards, um, especially when you're playing against Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Um, so yeah, that's my Kings rant. Um, I don't. How long did I talk about the Kings? I talked about the Kings for a while. Okay, so let's talk about the Wizards. Um, Russell Westbrook had a relatively good game. Um, one thing I would like to see. So one thing I really noticed that was really glaring this game was how often Russell Westbrook loves to go into the post. Um, I want to pull up Russell Westbrook post up stats. Um, stats. All right, give me give me a second to find these. Okay, so I I finally found them. I couldn't figure out how to find them in Russell Westbrook's individual NBA stats page, but I found it. Um, in the advanced stats page. Um, so Russell Westbrook on post-ups. Um, so 9.8% of Russell Westbrook's possessions are um, shooting possessions are used on post-ups. Um, this stuff, this information is provided per synergy, but you can find them on nbastats.com if you go into um, like all the players, you go into play, it's in play type and then in post-ups. Um, so on his um, post-ups that he does a bunch, um, 2.6 possessions per game. Um, he shoots out of a post up. Um, his points for possession is 0.81, um, which is not good. Um, his effective field percentage is 46.9, which is not good. Um, free throw um, attempt rate is 15, um, which is lower than I thought it would be. Um, and then his turnover rate is 21.7 out of the post, which is insanely high. Um, his percentile overall in the post is 28.7. Um, so none of these numbers are very good at all. Um, I want to look at, hmm. Okay, I'll look at isolation, um, and I want to look at Russell Westbrook's isolation stats. Um, advanced filters, add custom filter, player equals Westbrook. I spelled Westbrook wrong. Okay, so, oh man, Russell Westbrook isn't good in isolation at all either. Okay, so in isolation, Russell Westbrook, um, this might include post-ups, I'm not really sure. Um, but 6.3 possessions per game Russell Westbrook uses um, in isolation to score the ball. Um, the frequency out of these possessions is 0.6, or points per possession um, for this is 0.69, which is really bad. Like NBA, like about average points per possession overall is like 1.1-ish. Um, so this is not good. Um, effective field percentage out of isolation, Russell Westbrook is 36.1%. Um, free throw rate is 14.2, which is pretty low. Turnover rate is 14.9, which is relatively high. Um, and his percentile is a 23rd percentile working out of isolation. Um, so those numbers, both of those were worse than I thought they would be, um, which doesn't really help my argument. But um, so I noticed a lot is that when Westbrook, Westbrook is switched into an advantageous matchup against a guard, um, he defaults to doing a post-up. Um, and that was really, really clear in this game. Like pretty much every matchup he had, he should have like been able to take advantage of like Halliburton um I don't think can particularly stay in front of Westbrook um but he healed no chance um I don't think De'Aaron Fox can stay in, like I don't think he's a good enough defender to stay in front of Westbrook um I think he should just be taking these guys off the dribble like every single play um just trying to get to the rim and attack and he was at one point like doing that um and like I thought that worked pretty well um when he was just going straight downhill and trying to like score um 
but when he defaults to the post-ups, especially against guys like Halliburton, like, I don't really understand. Like, I understand that he has more weight than Halliburton, but he's just not good at posting up. Like, he's not good at scoring in the post. Um, when I do like it is when it's a set design play to kind of get him a post-touch against either a certain matchup that Scott Brooks really likes or to get, like, certain manipulation of the defense. Um, so one play um, that the Wizards ran, they ran um, a play to get Russell Westrick a post-touch. Um, the guy who was um, doing the post-entry pass was Davs Vertonz. Vertonz was one pass away. Um, he threw the ball into Westbrook. Um, I think Alex Len was in at the time. But so usually, like, the three centers can't shoot, right? So you have to have someone in the dunker spot while Westbrook is posting up, which, you know, is kind of part of the reason that Westbrook isn't great at posting up. Um but the guy in the dunker spot was, the, um, you know, in the... So what Westbrook was posting up on the left block, um, which is good, you know, the best spot for righties. Um, Westbrook can also... Like, he can... He's better at his drop step from that um, block, I think. Um, so they had um, the guy in the dunker spot on the other side of the floor, and then they had no one in the weak side corner. Um, and that kind of makes the weak... Like, the help response build is really hard because some teams do, um, you know, dig from one pass away. Um, if you dig for... Or even if you stunt from one pass away, Westbrook in the post is a good enough passer that he's going to give that ball right to Bertans, and Bertans is going to have enough space to shoot a three. Um, so you can't help from there. Um, then the next place you usually help from is, you know, um, the weak side, um, which would be the guy guarding um, the guy in the dunker spot. Um, and then, But then if you do that, then usually the help that helps the helper um, is the guy from the weak side corner. And then you don't have... If you don't have a weak side corner, it makes that help a little bit harder. Um, so I... That that was like one thing that I actually liked um, the Wizards running, um, and that was a Westbrook post touch. I don't think it turned into anything, um, but I like that play. Um, but yeah, I like Westbrook being aggressive. I think he really, really needs to, you know, continue to be more aggressive. Um, you know, as the season goes on, especially just the general offense. Like in this game, he had eight shots inside the restricted area, and he was seven for eight. Um, he had three shots in the paint outside the restricted area, zero for three. Um, he was five and nine from mid range, which again is not sustainable stuff for him. Um, he is not a good mid-range jump shooter. I want to. I haven't talked about um, his exact stats on mid-range jump shots in a little bit, and in this, on this pod. Um, so I definitely I want to update it. Um, if cleaning the glass would cooperate with me recording this, uh, Westbrook. Um, so yeah, I'm just pulling up his stats um, super quick. Um, shooting accuracy. Um, so short mid, um, Russell Westbrook has actually improved his percentage up to 40%, um, 87 for 215. Um, the way cleaning the glass to find short mid is 4 feet to 14 feet of distance. Um, so right outside the restricted area, basically to the free throw line, um, is how they define that. Um, from long mid, he's at 39%, um, which is in the 39th percentile, um, 91 of 234. Um, so, you know, if you shoot a shot that you make 39% of the time, that's not a good possession. Um, but his um, frequency from mid-range, um, so from long mid, 26% of his shots come from long mid, which is the 98th percentile. That's way, way, way too high for someone who's only in the 39th percentile of making it. Um, and again, like I will say again, he's a really, really good finisher around the rim. He's only in the 59th percentile of shooting around the rim at 30% of his shots coming from around the rim. Um, but in terms of accuracy, he's in the 93rd percentile at 65% of his shots um, around the rim being made. Um, that's ridiculous. Um, so again, Westbrook needs to attack more. Um, and I like tonight was really a positive from him. I thought tonight was a really, really good game besides the turnovers, um, and obviously besides the defense. Um, but just in terms of like offensive like scoring mindset type of stuff, I thought tonight was great from him. He's obviously he's been getting better as the season's progressed. Um, so I'm kind of excited um, as a Wizards kind of make this push down um, the stretch to see like Westbrook playing this well. Um, 
Next, uh, I want to briefly touch on Bradley Beal. Um, he did, had a ton of success attacking the rim, too. Um, he was 6 for 7 right at the rim. Um, I think a lot of that is because of Chemezi Metu and um, Damian Jones, but also the Wizards were able to get in transition and run type of stuff. Um, so he had a good night there. Um, just the rest of the shots didn't really fall. Um, outside of the restricted area, Bradley Beal was 2 for 7 plus 3, like three for 4 for 15, I believe, um, which is not good at all, um, obviously. But... Um, you know, that's going to happen, uh, sometimes, you know, when you shoot as much as Beal, when you shoot, you know, some tougher shots, um, sometimes they're not all going to fall and that's perfectly fine because like overall you look at his true shooting on the season, it's still really, really good. Um, so as long as that number stays good, then I'm, I'm perfectly fine, um, with him, you know, he's going to have nights like this. Um, and he's, you know, he's still played great. Um, I do want to talk about, um, I'm trying to think. So Garrison Matthews played seven minutes and how Neto played four minutes, I'm not excited with where that seems to be heading. Um, like, Avdia has played more and more minutes um, as the season's gone on, which is fine. But, like, if you really want to make a playoff push, I think Garrison Matthews needs to take some of those minutes. I think Garrison Matthews needs to play about 20 minutes a night um, and play 20 minutes tied right next to Russell Westbrook um, because I think Garrison Matthews is kind of the perfect guy to put next to Westbrook. Um, I think Howell Neto needs to take a lot of Ish Smith's minutes. Um, and don't get me wrong, like Ish Smith was solid tonight, um, but the backup point guard of the future is not going to be like Ish Smith. Ish Smith is not really going to lead you to winning. Um, if Ish Smith can, you know, play really good against a really bad defense that has a terrible bench, um, but against better, you know, higher level teams, I don't think Ish Smith is particularly the answer. Um, at that backup point guard spot. Um, so those are my kind of two lineup things um, with Scott Brooks. Another interesting thing, again, he closed this game with Daniel Gafford. I think Gafford's been on a minutes restriction of 16 minutes. Um, and he hit that tonight. Um, but Scott Brooks has definitely been making an effort to close games with him. Um, I think it's interesting because, like, at the end of the games, um, you know, it kind of makes it harder to attack the center on defense because Gafford is so much more mobile. Um, still doesn't really know what he's doing yet, um, which can kind of lead to some problems on both ends of the floor. Um, but, you know, like, if you throw him in at the end of the game, you say just roll to the basket, um, protect the rim, you know, play drop coverage, um, move your feet, um, run up and down the floor, like, you know, be an energy guy. Um, I think he can fill that role well. Um, but I definitely think it's matchup dependent. Like if you need someone to, you know, actually guard, <laughs> like guard a big, um, you know, if you like want someone that can, doesn't need to move their feet as much, like you're playing a guard that you're not afraid of shooting off the dribble. Um, then I think another guy is a better option, but like playing against De'Aaron Fox, like you're afraid of him getting downhill and actually using his like athleticism and length, um, to finish around like guys like Robin Lopez. Um, so I kind of, I get Gafford in this matchup. Um, it makes sense to me. Um, also like getting on the floor a little more, if they said screen for Buddy Heald, like all that makes perfect sense, um, for why they would close this game with Gafford. Um, so I agree with that decision. Um, I want to see how far we in. <laughs> I've been trying to make these episodes a little bit shorter. I'm 21 minutes in. Um, it's super late at night. Um, this is one of those 10 o'clock games that are super annoying. <laughs> uh, I think it's the last 10 o'clock game of the season, though, so I'm happy about that. Uh, I'll go through my notes. Um, I'll talk, like, one second about the next game because I think it's against the Pelicans, which is... Oh, I do want to talk for one second about, like, the six-game road trip. Um, let me just pull up the Wizards schedule so I can talk about all the games. Um, so the past six games, the Wizards have been on a road, um, you know, west coast-ish road trip because um, one game was in Tampa and one game was in Orlando. That can't be right. Okay, no, that is right. Okay, so on the broadcast, they're talking a lot about the six-game um, road trip where the Wizards went 4-2. and two. Um, To give a little bit of context to that, the Wizards lost to the Raptors. Um, then they beat the Magic. They beat the Warriors. Um, they lost to the Suns. 
they beat the Jazz, and they beat the Kings. Um, to give some you know, more context as to who they're playing, they beat the Raptors without, or they lost the Raptors by two without Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. So a game they should have won. Um, they beat the Magic, um, the Magic without like four of their five best players. Like I think they didn't have Otto Porter, um, Gary Harris, and two other guys. Um, so, you know, obviously a game that, they easily won. That game was awful. Um, they beat the Warriors. Um, I believe the Warriors were at full, full strength, so that was actually a pretty good win. Um, but that was that ridiculous four-point play game um, from Bradley Beal. So, you know, they kind of pulled that one out, but, you know, that happens. Um, they got killed by the Suns. The Suns are a really good team, you know, whatever. Um, they beat the Jazz without Mike Conley um, and someone else, Jordan Clarkson. Um, and, you know, that absolutely demolished their rotation the Wizards like give them credit they beat a really really good team but you know you kind of had to um have a little bit of background behind how they won that game um they also shot the ball ridiculously well and then they beat the Kings without their starting center and then they played Jim Ezumetu and Damian Jones a bunch of minutes um so you know like it was impressive for the Wizards to put together this run hopefully that gives them some confidence moving into the next stretch of games um but if you look at the next five games um six games um <laughs> okay here are the next six games so Home, um, home against the Pelicans, home against the Pistons, home against the Thunder, home against the Warriors, home or at um, the Thunder, and then home against the Cavaliers. Um, the Wizards should be favored in four of those six games, which is ridiculous to think about um, since the Wizards have like the sixth or seventh worst record in the league. Um, but playing the Thunder twice, playing the Cavs and the Pistons, like these are all very, very winnable games down the stretch. Um, if the Wizards can, you know, win a few of those games, all of a sudden they could be right back like at the 10 seed where they want to be um, in that contention for the play-in. Um, at some point, I'll talk about a little bit more about the play-in. I don't want to do that right now because I was trying to make the shorter and then all of a sudden I talked for a few minutes about that road trip. Um, but yeah, so I want to go through my notes super quick um, and then that'll be that for this episode. Um, early in my notes, um, early, uh, early in the game, um, Leonard was playing really well, um, just attacking the rim really hard um, against Jamie and Jones, who's like, does, just doesn't have the strength to guard him at this moment in time. Um, like Alex Leonard was just way bigger than Damian Jones. Um, Wizard showed a hard hedge against Aaron Fox a couple of times. Um, that didn't go well at all. He split it. Um, like he just got downhill against it like once, and then like he would just have an escape dribble and then just attack right away. Um, Wizards doing a hard hedge is never fun to watch. Um, I talked about Oxlin. Um, like Wizards ran this um, kind of variation out of this horn set a couple of times where it started with um, Beal setting a back screen from the elbow um, for Rui Hachimura. Um, the first time they ran it, they got a dunk. The second time they ran it. Um, I think they got an open Beal shot um, after he like came up after setting the pin down. Um, so I like that. Um, you know, that's something I haven't. I don't think I've seen so far this season. So I thought that was good. Um, I already talked about Chimezi Metu um, plenty. Um, I talked about them. There was um, running some different coverages against Halliburton. Um, Wizards run a loop with Beal. Um, oh yeah, so um, they had Buddy Heald top blocking Bradley Beal a lot. Um, one way the Wizards counted it was they ran like a loop. Um, to um, initialize the set. Um, and then they just had Bradley Beal run to the rim um, after he came off that Iverson. Um, you know, like everything cleared out. The weak side didn't come on time um, because they're still tracking um, the guy running through. Um, I thought that was a really nice play design um, to counter top lock. Um, I really like that. Um, and they threw a lob. Um, one play, oh my God, Russell Westbrook took like this terrible three. Um, he chased his own rebound because that's kind of what he does um, sometimes, even though it's out of the scheme of the team. Um, and then the guy who defended his three was Harrison Barnes. He just leaked out for a wide open dunk. Um, and that, like, that was during a decent run for the Kings. So that was pretty frustrating. 
<laughs> I wrote in my notes, Whiteside is still Whiteside, but he's so clearly the best center. Um, I thought that was funny. Um, Kings open the half. Oh, yeah, the Kings open the half. They ran this, like, triple screen twice for um, Buddy Heald. On um, the first time, there was a miscommunication, um, and Mo Harkless got an open dunk. Um, and then the second time, Buddy Heald got a shot, and he missed. Um, but I like that coming out. Um Oh man, this like a couple times people like he has this habit of helping from one pass away. He did that once in this game, and Buddy Heald got a wide open three. Um, everyone knows Kings are really good in transition. They get out really quick uh, with De'Aaron Fox, and they have some guys that can finish. Um, and then they have guys that you know get wide and deep, such as um, Buddy Heald. Um, and the Wizards, I wrote Wizards not helping themselves with tons of live ball turnovers. Like the, the turnovers weren't even just like like they were bad turnovers. Like they're just running out. They're getting four on twos, three on ones, like stuff like that. Um, so that was just bad. Um, I talked about that post up. Uh, oh my God. That Terrence Davis dunk was like crazy. Um, but man, Russ, Terrence Davis just blew right by Russell Westbrook. Um, and the, like, there's no help. Um, like, so it was Robin Lopez who came to help. He was like half a step late. Um, and he kind of paid the price for being half a step late. <laughs> um, and I talk about the other stuff. Okay, yeah, so that's going to be it for this episode. The next game is against the Pelicans. I'm really, really excited to see how the Wizards guard Zion Williamson. Um, that'll be super, super interesting. Um, and yeah, um, that's all I got. So definitely that game is um, Friday at 7 o'clock. So check that out. I have a podcast coming out that night and the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.